The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hi, happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Happy Monday! What is up, y'all? I'm your host, Zuri Hall, and this is another episode of Hot Happy Mess. I'm super excited that you're here today because we are talking about something that has swept the nation, swept the globe. Um, That was dramatic. I don't... You guys, I just tried to... I'm trying to bring the drama to the intros. We're talking about imposter syndrome. Um, I didn't realize just how much of an epidemic, really, this was until I went on The Breakfast Club when Hot Happy Mess launched and I started talking about it and the response was so overwhelming. I'm gonna get into that in just a little bit and it made me think, you know what? I need to do an entire episode on this because it's real and it's affecting people, it's affecting me. I have certainly um, dealt with imposter syndrome throughout my life. Hell, I probably felt it at any given time in the last week. Um, It's a fact of life, It's, it's part of it. So we're gonna dive into that. Um, we have two amazing experts who are going to shine a light on this monster that occasionally weighs us down so we can free ourselves up. But before we get into the discussion, I want to share with you guys a really quick iTunes podcast review that made me all warm and fuzzy inside. Allie, aka at Selfmade Fit said, this is an absolutely amazing podcast for anyone. The Hot Happy Mess team does an amazing job getting wonderful guests and asking brilliant questions. Zuri kills it. She's intelligent, witty, and makes you feel like she's talking to you personally. The group chat gals are also such a fun addition to mix it up. They make you laugh, cry, and think, preach all in one episode. I'm so excited to see this podcast grow. I'll continue to listen on my drives to work and share it with my girlfriends. Thanks, Hot Happy Mess, for keeping it real. Allie, oh my goodness, thank you so much for, one, just taking the time to leave a review. It is so appreciated. And also, thank you for the the kind and really sweet and thoughtful words, uh, we appreciate them. I read everything, every single review. And honestly, y'all, it helps us, you know, like the reviews help. It shows the powers that be that we're doing good work and that y'all want more of it. So if you have a second, why don't you go ahead and just real quick open up that phone and boom, 
Hit us with a five-star rating. You don't even have to leave a written review. It would take three seconds. Also leave a written review. Two sentences, that'll do. Um, in the meantime, reminder, leaving a review on iTunes, it's a free, easy way to support the podcast. And it shows that people are vibing with us and it definitely helps us grow and reach more people. So check it out, okay? All right. Back to imposter syndrome. Like I said, when I made my guest appearance on The Breakfast Club, uh, it was a really awesome conversation. And the response to the portion where I was talking about imposter syndrome was so amazing and so strong. This is what we were talking about. This is a clip from my appearance on the show late last year. Now, I saw you were talking about imposter syndrome, which is something that I've been discussing a lot lately, too, as a Black woman entrepreneur. So I wanted to address that with you, what imposter syndrome is and your thoughts on it. Imposter syndrome is just this idea that we don't belong, right? That, okay, I've gotten into this room, I've gotten into this space, but I'm not supposed to be here. And at some point they're going to realize. It doesn't matter if it's a job that you get, if it's a social situation that you somehow end up in. It's this idea that you're an imposter. And it is very often based on the the lies we tell ourselves. You know, I said um, in a recent episode of Hot Happy Mess that we carry our insecurities into our opportunities. And I have certainly done that um, in the past. I'm working on it. I do it much less now. Like even Charlemagne, like I kind of opened up to you a little bit about this earlier in the year um, when I was at MTV. Like I felt a lot of that. And it really starts to chip away, not just at your confidence, but at your performance. That's what you f up to in TV, because instead of showing up as your true authentic self, you start being what you think the producer wants or the EP right. wants. So you're not even being yourself. And so you're not giving your best performance because it's not you. Exactly. And, and to your point, which is so right, it comes into you also knowing who you are. And so for me, the, my 20s was that journey. I didn't know who I was outside of a high achieving, high performing person until probably my late 20s, early 30s. And that was the first time that I had to sit with myself and say, OK, you have achieved, you've checked a lot of boxes, but you're not as happy as you could be. And everywhere you go, you kind of feel that, if not imposter syndrome, that who do I need to be to thrive here? And I stopped asking myself that question a few years ago and decided I am who I am. So let me go find and seek out opportunities that help serve that and that celebrate that. So what are my core values? What do I prioritize? Who am I proud to be? I'm proud to be Joe's and Valencia's daughter. I'm proud of the Ohio girl that I am. And I want to be in spaces where I can be that, where I don't have to play that down. And it, it made me realize I was going to have to say no to a lot of stuff and I was going to have to walk away from things. But what I walked into was more purpose and peace because I was no longer showing up for people who drained me for shows that didn't inspire me. And so I was, I was just happier in that, that resonates that shows on camera. It shows on screen. What got you to that point? Was it, yeah, a, conversation? It's interesting because was it a therapist? Was it a friend? What got you to that point where you felt like I can be that free? It was therapy and it was being so miserable that I couldn't take it anymore. I was in a job that for a long time I had loved a lot, but I got to a certain point where I was crying every day. I was exhausted. I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel understood. It was like the things that I brought to the table were no longer a priority 
in those spaces in certain spaces and that's okay but I was still trying to show up as whatever that new thing was, that new energy was that they they wanted. And at a certain point, I was like, I don't want to have to be anything other than I than what I am. And I am so miserable faking it that I would rather do nothing <laughs> than keep doing this in the way that I am. So being that fed up that I had to seek a change. And then through therapy, I was able to realize what are my core values, integrity, family, work ethic. I appreciate being in spaces where hard work is appreciated and celebrated. Um, and so as I realized who I was, I could realize what I needed to be doing and who I needed to be doing it with. And, and that was really the key to it all. Boom, baby. All right, there it is. So let's just go ahead and dive into the imposter syndrome episode. Like I mentioned, we have two amazing experts, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She's a licensed psychologist, speaker, media personality, and the host of one of my favorite podcasts, the wildly popular mental health podcast, Therapy for Black Girls. Her work focuses on making mental health topics more relevant and accessible for black women. And she delights in using pop culture to illustrate psychological concepts. We also have have the lovely Amy E. Smith. She's a certified and credentialed life coach and hypnotherapist, masterful speaker, and personal empowerment expert. Founder of thejoyjunkie.com, Amy uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-worth. Here are the ladies. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you ladies so much for joining me for this episode of Hot Happy Mess. When I started talking about imposter syndrome, probably just a couple episodes into the podcast, I went on The Breakfast Club and spoke with them about it. And it blew my mind how much that one specific um, comment out of many during that conversation resonated. And my DMs, my emails, people texting like, oh, I didn't know that's what I was dealing with. And I realized in that moment, um, that a lot more of us deal with it than I think we're we're comfortable letting on. So I appreciate you diving into um, discussion on what this is and how we can you know cope with it and, and work with it. So just to kick things off, Dr. Joy, imposter syndrome or imposter complex? Is this a clinical term? Um, regardless, what exactly does it mean? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Zuri. And I'm not surprised that you had the response that you did, because I do think that this is a lot of something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, so it is not a clinical diagnosis. It is not something that you will find in the DSM, which is the big book of diagnoses we use as mental health professionals. Um, but the term was coined by a psychologist, and it refers to just this idea that we have found ourselves in places that we do not deserve, that it is not our merit or our hard work that leads to promotions and grad school acceptances and all of these places, and we feel like a fraud. Um, and so there is often this lingering anxiety that at any moment, somebody's going to come in and say, it's actually a mistake that you were here and all of your worst fears will come to pass. Mm. And so it is something that a lot of people do struggle with. Okay. Got it. And Amy, um, I see you nodding over there. You're like a hundred percent. You're a certified and credentialed life coach. You're a hypnotherapist. Um, talk to me a little bit from your perspective about imposter complex or syndrome. And also um, how might this be connected to our limiting beliefs about ourselves and what we think we're capable of or what we think we deserve? Right. So I think that obviously Dr. Joy is spot on that it is something that's incredibly pervasive. Originally at the time 
when the concept was coined, it was originally called the imposter phenomenon in a paper written by two doctors Mm -hmm. in uh, 1978. And it was originally thought to only affect high achieving women. And we know that it's obviously incredibly pervasive for people who are high achieving, but I think it also permeates uh, all different levels of of folks out there who have that sense that they simply don't belong in a specific environment. And I think a lot of that is, is a, originates through our childhood and getting various messages about places that we might not be accepted. I think disproportionately as women, we're taught that we have a certain set of skill set. You know, primarily it is domestic or our looks, right? And men are often glorified for their ability to produce. And so you, we get all of these social constructs from a very early age, and depending on what your family of origin was like or, or whatever it might look like, you develop a set of beliefs, right? And so those beliefs then we start living into. And I think one of the things that's incredibly important to understand is that a lot of the behavioral tactics that we start to employ, if we believe that we're not enough or if we are a fraud, if we believe we're a fraud... We do that to take care of ourselves. We're not trying to make it difficult on ourselves, you know? So I think one of the first elements is to be compassionate with yourself that it's also highly likely that if you struggle with this, you actually give a shit about being amazing in this world and contributing and excellence. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So when you say we do it to protect ourselves, um, Oftentimes, when I think of it, sometimes I think of it as self-sabotage too, but we're we're saying, don't go here. This is dangerous. Um, We might not survive or thrive in this space. So is is that what you're saying? I just want clarification. Yeah. So so basically, if if ever you're in a situation that is brand new for you, your mind registers either things that are known or things that are unknown. And if it is known, it's registered as it's registered as safe. If it's unknown, it's it. we automatically kick in the critical factor of the mind that goes, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? So if you're mm-hmm. in a space, let's say, <sighs> trying to uh, elicit venture capitalist for a company that you're starting and you've never done that before, simply by virtue of it being brand new, your mind is sending in the critical factor just the same way it would with a, a mountain lion about to attack you. It goes, are you sure? Are you allowed? Are you sure? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a primitive fear response that it, I like to think of it almost like a, a best friend who's trying to warn you that doesn't have the best communication <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I've got a couple of those friends. Sometimes I might be that friend. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, when you think about that fight or flight response and, you know, it's kicking up into overdrive and you're deciding, you know what, I'm going to stay, I'm going to fight. How do we fight those feelings? Dr. Joy, we can start with you. Do you just simply tell yourself, stop it? I mean, that I've tried that. It, it hasn't worked for me. Uh, what tools or resources are available to us to help navigate those feelings? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so I think it is really important because sometimes those environments are actually confirming for us that we don't belong there, mm. right? You know, and I'm sure that that is something we're going to get into, but yeah. a lot of what I think has developed as this imposter syndrome is because there are not a lot of us, especially if we're talking about Black women, women of color, mm-hmm. um, not a lot of us in those spaces. And so sometimes people really do not want us in those spaces and they're yeah. saying things, whether overtly or covertly that give us the message that we don't belong there. So I think one, you have to really do an investigation of whether the environment is actually telling you that or whether these are some of these limiting beliefs or this inner uh, inner critical thought that you're having. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do determine, okay, this does seem like a relatively safe environment, you know, people do want me to thrive here, then I do think it is looking at what that negative self-talk is telling you. Mm-hmm. And so I like to encourage people to play detective mm-hmm. with their self-thoughts um, or their self-talk and really kind of write out on paper all of the things that are coming up for you. So if you're feeling like I'm not enough, people are going to find out that I really don't deserve to be here. I'm going to get to this step and then I'm not going to go any further. Write that out on paper and then play what if mm-hmm. with those thoughts, right? So what if you do find out that you can't go any further. Is the world going to end? Like, what is the worst thing that you're afraid will happen? And usually the story that we make up in our heads is far um, more extreme than reality. Um, And so that can really help people sometimes to just see it on paper and realize, like, I really am kind of getting ahead of myself here. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that this is where your support system really comes in. So for other people who have struggled with these concerns or for people who really know you and know the kinds of things that you're capable of, they can really help you to take a realistic look at some of these beliefs that you have and again, help you to refocus on those things. Got it. Dr. Joy, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did want to talk about it, particularly when it comes to Black women and women of color in these spaces that weren't necessarily made for us, these systems that weren't built for us, and yes, mm-hmm. surrounded by people who don't necessarily want us there or doubt our, our worthiness to be there. Um, I was reading uh, this really interesting caption just the other day of a black woman saying, you know, imposter syndrome didn't feel like the label for her because she said, I am sure of my abilities. I know what I'm capable of. I believe that I deserve to be in this corporate space, but the world around me is constantly sending me um, subliminal messages saying that I'm not supposed to be here. Be here, And so yeah. that's a different feeling, um, but very similar to what one might experience with imposter syndrome. What do you recommend we do if after our detective work, we realize... Oh, it's the second thing. It's not imposter complex. It ain't me, it's you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, see, this is where the difficult piece comes in, right? Because what you're talking about is just garden variety oppression, yep. right? You know, so yep. all of the systems that have been built that keep us out of certain spaces. And you're right, for a lot of people, it is not actually imposter syndrome. It is that the system doesn't actually want you there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what happens is that in order to cope with those kinds of environments, we develop all of these things, kind of like Amy was talking about, right? So we start putting putting in longer hours than everybody else, um, which then leads to stress and anxiety and just a whole host of other mental health and physical health kinds of concerns. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is still important for you to be, um, to have a realistic perspective of what is required of you, like if we're talking about a job situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I always think that it is important for you to keep your options open. So 
of course, we all have to keep our lights on. We have to feed our families. And so sometimes we, of course, do have to do things that we may not want to do, but you do have to to have a, a, a perspective on the situation so that you are not continuing to show up in an environment that is going to be mentally and physically detrimental to you. So when you find yourself um, having trouble sleeping or, you know, it, it takes you an hour just to kind of get yourself together so that you can go into this environment in the morning, you really have to take a good look at whether this is going to be an environment that is going to allow you to thrive because no amount of coping skills and resilience Mm. is going to be enough to, you know, continue for you to continue showing up in a system that is going to be oppressive and unhealthy for you. Yes, 100%. I'm I'm (laughs) triggered. I I talked about it (laughs) on my first episode ever of Hot Happy Mess when I got to that point where I realized it really isn't me. I have just banged my head against the wall. Like I've tried to build a door. I've tried to crack open a window. I have Mm -hmm. shown up and done the self-work. It's the environment. And then at a certain point, I had to realize the difference between giving up and letting go, walking away away from my own mental health. And then I did, I walked away and I've never been happier. (laughs) So sometimes you just got to peace out. Um, Amy, you're a hypnotherapist and I would love if you could share a little bit with our listeners about what exactly that is and how, um, in some circumstances, it might be able to help us with shifting our beliefs. Sure. Sure. So as we were talking about earlier, our beliefs are housed in the subconscious part of our mind. And it it depends on who you talk to, but the, the ratio is something to the effect of 10% of our mind's power is our subconscious faculty, or our, our conscious faculty, rather, and 90% is our subconscious faculty. So the subconscious houses our beliefs. It houses our habits. It also houses our primitive fear response, fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And our conscious part of our mind houses logic, reason, rationale, um, and also willpower. So when we have two things that are in opposition to one another in the conscious and the subconscious, we like to call that cognitive dissidence. It's when you cannot hold two opposing beliefs. So, for example, Mm -hmm. you might rationally, logically know, consciously, That like, I've accomplished a lot of shit. I should be proud of myself. I should have no problem walking into this interview. But yet there's this subconscious narrative that's telling you, you don't belong. You're not good enough. It's not possible for you. Uh, Who do you think you are? That is running the show. When we're talking about that ratio, that 90% is going to be running the show. Now, there's this Mm -hmm. little guard dog that is in between the two, which is the critical factor of the mind and also known as the inner critic who uh, who blocks you. So when you go into that place where you're starting to think, oh, maybe I can go for this interview or maybe I can start this business. It goes, are you sure? Are you sure? Because down here in the subconscious, it's saying, uh-uh, no, I don't think that's <laughs> real. Right. So in hypnosis, what we do is we essentially put that little guard dog to sleep. And we do that simply by slowing down the brain waves. Uh, and that's really all that it is. It's not dissimilar to really being engrossed in prayer or in a movie. We all naturally go through a hypnotic state every time we wake up in the morning, every time we go to sleep. It's this space right in between awake and asleep. And Mm -hmm. if you've ever had that situation where you've been driving somewhere and you get to your destination and you're like, oh, I don't remember. How did I get here? uh, (laughs) I don't remember the last 20 minutes. 
Um, I don't want to admit it, but yes. I know. It's scary, right? And that you are in a hypnotic trance. And so your Mm. subconscious knows how to drive. It's already embedded in that habit form of the subconscious. It knows how to get you where it needs to go. It's it has memory, but your conscious mind is thinking about what that person said to you earlier or wherever else it might be. So what we're able to do is kind of bypass that critical factor and embed new suggestions and things that you want to believe in all parts of your mind. And so I actually recently did a series on imposter complex. I I prefer the word complex because I don't think especially women need any other reason to think that there's something problematic with them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I, I personally avoid it, but um, I did a, a hypnotic track specifically for people who struggle with imposter complex or, or syndrome. I mean, it's semantics, oh. but, uh, and when you say, wait, so you did a track. So this is something that someone could order or purchase and, and play for themselves or absolutely. It's, it's actually just a podcast episode. So oh. I like to introduce tools on the show that are sometimes lesser known modalities on, on my own podcast where, uh, mm-hmm. we can take a concept, which for us, it, we were talking about feeling like a fraud, being an imposter and you layering on a tool like hip, hypnosis to help somebody start relinquishing such a tight grip on that belief. Um, mm. cause that's really all okay. that it is. There's nothing wrong with you. It's yeah. just a faulty belief that we can shift. Yeah. And what, what's the name of that episode title if people want to check it out? It's episode 387, and it's on my podcast. It's called The Joy Junkie Show. And uh, I believe it w- it's just very simple, like, tool hypnosis for combating imposter complex. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. 
Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Dr. Joy, uh, when we talk about the workplace, which you touched on a little bit, um, when it comes to, you know, feeling like we don't want to overstep or, oh, that's not my place, sometimes even just standing up for ourselves, I will speak for myself personally. That's when I've most struggled with it. Like, I want I want you to like me. I want everyone in the office to be like, oh, Zuri's a, a great coworker, colleague, employee, et cetera. But to the point, it was to my own detriment. Um, and I was just swallowing down and pushing down so much because I wasn't asserting myself, particularly earlier on in my career. And additionally, that added layer of being a black woman in the workplace, right? And that fine line of being assertive and being misinterpreted or projected as the angry black woman or the aggressive black woman. Um, What do you suggest for women who might be struggling with that? Maybe it's not the imposter syndrome. Maybe it's just that I don't want to be um, misperceived or misunderstood in the workplace. How can we be more assertive without being, you know, misinterpreted as an asshole, for lack of a better phrase? And also, is there any language or any prompts that you would recommend when it comes time to assert ourselves in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I think this is something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, and I think it is, again, important for us to know what is ours to work through and what is other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if people are dead set on interpreting you as an angry black woman, there is no amount of massaging and making yourself small that is going to right. change that for them. Right. They are right. determined to see you that way. And so I think there are those people you put in a, a certain stack and then there are other people who you might want to like genuinely develop really relationships with. And then for that, you know, because I think those people, we really are probably not even just going to change. Mm -hmm. But for people who we can change their perceptions or we want to have a um, a genuine relationship with them, I think that is where um, being honest comes in and developing strong allies in the workplace, right? So people who can kind of give you the lay of the land Mm -hmm. um, and let you know before you kind of step into an anthill, like, okay, you might not want to go down that road. Don't go to her Um, office, girl. Uh Uh-uh, go the other way. Go the other way. (laughs) Right. And, and, and a lot of times though, there are those people in the workplace, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we get a glimpse of it, even on the interview, you know, like whether it be the admin assistant or whether it be, you know, somebody who's been there for like 20 plus years. Like if we are honest with them and say, Hey, I really want to do a good job here. Um, can you talk me through anything that you think I might need to be aware of? Mm -hmm. I think that that is a good way to kind of get some, you know, institutional history that you just may not be privy to. Mm -hmm. I also think that it is really important for you to look at are there things I really do need to brush up on, right? You know, so sometimes that imposter syndrome stuff comes up because we actually do need to do some work in another area. So is there a public speaking class that you could take or is there some kind of executive coach or somebody that you might want to work with? That may be something else that can help you to kind of allay some of those feelings. Mm, Those are really good recommendations and honestly applicable to all women in the space truly because at the end of the day, we know as women, when it comes to corporate spaces and men in suits, 
particularly old men in suits, <laughs> at least in many of my experiences, um, you're you're fighting an uphill battle. So I, I think that's universally um, applicable to us. So thank you for that. I'm curious to know when it comes to your own personal journey. Um, you know, you always assume. I'm just assuming that y'all are over here just like levitating because y'all have done all the work and y'all are just you know because y'all are the pros. <laughs> just just no. uh, was it yoga? Well, who's the baby Yoda? Yoda, Yoda, baby Yoda. Uh-huh. Like, and that is with all due respect. That is a in all hell, all praise the experts moment. Um, but I'm curious to know with your own journeys with imposter syndrome, is this something that either of you have ever struggled with, and and is it easier said than done? Was it hard for you to fight through it? Whoever wants to oh, take absolutely. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, I, I think I can speak for, well, definitely for myself and it's myself and the impression I'm getting of Amy. Mm-hmm. The the goal is not to come off as a holier-than-thou kind of expert. There are some things that I know because of my training, but I'm also human, mm-hmm. you know, so there are things that I can tell you that I am still a work in progress <laughs> on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, so for me, even starting the Therapy for Black Girls podcast was an experience in, like, working through imposter syndrome, like, when I started the podcast, you know, there weren't as many podcasts as there are now. And so it was still kind of new. And like, what does this even mean? And the idea that so many people hear your voice, like you're recording, well, for me alone in my closet. Um, And then like, thousands of people are hearing you. And so it invites all of this like feedback and criticism and those kinds of things. And so I definitely have, you know, continued to work through that. And I have my own therapist um, that I meet with every Tuesday. And sometimes those are the kinds of things that we talk about, you know, so it is definitely a work in progress. And like Amy mentioned, every time you find yourself in a new experience, which you will continue to do as long as you live, right, there will always be new experiences. There will be even some of those wounds that you think that you've healed or work that you feel like you've done and it's like ah, ah here's another one like here's a new challenge right um so there will always be things for us to work through yeah amy what about you oh ladies let <laughs> me tell you so this oh, morning not i'm this holding morning. up all of the notes that i took on both of y'all because <laughs> i was going i am so far out of my league no! i am so far out of my league and i was i was telling my assistant i was going dude are, are they sure they want to talk to me <laughs> And I'm like, do you know who they are? Do you know who Zuri oh, Do wait. you know who Dr. Joy is? <laughs> and so I I definitely went through a, a massive bout of it this morning. But here's mm-hmm. what I'll say about that. There have been some of the most brilliant, brilliant minds and women out there who have attested to struggling with feeling mm-hmm. like a fraud. Michelle Obama, Maya Angelou. Uh, Meryl Streep, Tina Fey, people who've accomplished incredible Mm -hmm. things. And I started thinking about what's the difference because I don't think that we eradicate fear or ever having those little inner critic conversations that go, are you sure you belong here? Mm -hmm. And it's not that we are getting rid of that. It's how we contend with that. So when I'm I'm looking at these people like Michelle Obama and Maya Angelou, what they did differently, and I also think the two of you have done differently, is they didn't get thwarted by the fear. So instead of uh, and you know I'll give myself a little bit of credit today. I was I was going. You are not. You are. You are going to do. Yes. There we go. <laughs> give yourself the credit. I'll give you the credit too because you know, you're killing it. It's awesome. I was gassing myself up like. Okay. Okay. You got this. Uh, But it's choosing courage over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's what the skill is. And so I, 
I kind of buck up against this idea of being fearless simply because it's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. I think there's one documented case of somebody, a woman who didn't have a fear response. Mm. The rest of us are going to have to engage with fear and worry and trepidation. Yeah. So I like to call it being fear. Optim- Wait, the, the one woman without the fear response. I'm sorry to interrupt. How long does she live? How old is she? They, does she make it through? I, you know, I'm not sure. They chron- chronicled her story on Invisibilia from uh, NPR. Okay. But she would seriously have no problem walking in, in the street because. See, that's what I'm thinking. Just jumping out of planes and scaling buildings. She okay. wasn't afraid to get hit by a car. And uh, yeah, it's wow. we need it, right? Like we really right, need right, it in right. order to stay safe. So. I like to think of myself as being fear optimized, right? Like to make as useful and as effective as possible. If fear is going to be there, how do I want to engage with it? So instead of allowing it to win, it's going to be there. But I think also Mm -hmm. to Dr. Joy's point earlier, you have to gauge if this is a safe space for you. And Mm -hmm. if... If this is something that's a societal issue or if this is my own internal compass is telling me I don't belong or I'm not valuable, that's those are two very different things. Um, but yeah. fear shows up no matter what, right? Fear shows right. up when you're right. on to something and fear shows up when you are actually in danger. So it's us, you know, it's ours to yeah. kind of decipher. So I had a very real world example of choosing courage this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love the list. I love the list. Um, I'm I'm flattered. I, there's, this is such a chill safe space, but I am flattered that that I, I made that list for this morning's prep. Um, I like what you said because I I'm such an advocate for do it scared. There's not a thing that meant something to me in my life that I wasn't terrified while I was doing it. I was terrified because I cared. I still get terrified because I care. Um, and then I just do it anyway. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and I think the more you do that and the more even that you fail, it's it's falling on my face so many times that has removed the fear of that. It's like, oh, well, I know what happens next. I just get back up, roll my eyes, say today ain't my day, and then try again tomorrow. And, and that's that served me well. Um, before I let you guys go, we have a, a party trick. That's our segment that's kind of like a little gift to our listeners as they move on about their day and their week. Um, and so because of imposter syndrome, we'll start with you, Amy, because imposter syndrome um, transcends just the workplace too, right? Sure. It can be a new mom, a new, a new father. Um, it can be a new relationship. How did I land this person? Oh my God, they're going to realize that I am not a good catch or um, a new school, not raising your hand in class. What are three exercises or three tips that you recommend to build confidence to help us when we're combating imposter complex in any situation in our life? Sure. So I have a a little freebie on my site that's a a workbook that anybody can download that has nine different tools and tactics that you can employ that are very tangible, very action-oriented to help bolster self-confidence and self-worth. And I'll, I'll cover three of them. And then if anybody is interested, they can certainly dig in more. Uh, but one of the first ones is, is really similar to what we've been talking about a lot here. And it's to, to choose your motivation, right? And this is simply a focus. So you can be very much motivated to show up in a workplace or show up in a dating scenario or as a new mom rooted in a place of fear or not enoughness or imposter, uh, or you can do the exact same behavior motivated from a different factor. And that's just uh, intention and what you choose to focus on. 
I oftentimes like to say that whether the glass is half full or half empty, it's the same damn glass. Like it's the Mm -hmm. same glass. It's all about how you choose to look at it. So if we choose to be motivated from a place of personal empowerment or worthiness or excitement or creativity, impact, philanthropy, justice, we can choose to motivate and uh, envelop our minds with things that are much more powerful Mm -hmm. rather than pushing through something that feels unbelievably uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next two are are probably similar to some of the stuff we've talked about here today. The first is to take a self-talk inventory. So for many of us, that that critical factor, that inner critic shows up very much verbally where we hear words in our mind of you're not enough or you're a fraud. So taking an inventory of what are those actual words and when. Most of us have that one area that hurts. It's either around parenthood or it's around your work or it's around your body image. So when uh, when is that self-talk the loudest and highly triggered? And then what is it actually saying? And then the third is a self-talk reframe. And you'll see in in that workbook, I highlight what I like to call a mantra maker, where you take how you want to feel and you create a a new self-talk statement that is radically more empowering. And it does not always have to be positive, right? Because I think for some people, if you genuinely don't believe that you are valuable or or you've really struggled with self-confidence, just starting to tell yourself, I am lovable, feels like an A to Z, right? So if we were to take an A to B, what is palatable? What is something that that inner critic isn't going to kick up so much around? So I use uh, what I like to call progressive language, saying things like Mm. I'm exploring what it looks like to love the woman that I am. I am Mm. entertaining the idea of a healthy relationship with my body. I am redefining what my role in this world looks like. So we're not necessarily saying I'm the end all be all because that feels like such a jump, but you're saying Mm -hmm. I sure as hell am on my way. So, so those are just a quick little snapshot of three things. Oh, that's great. Great. Particularly that, that third one, that's something that I could sit with for a little while and figure out how to, because sometimes people are like, you know, the affirmations and it's like, I'm the baddest bitch and I'm just going to kill the game and da da And it's like, I'll say it, but it's like, do I really believe it? And it, if it feels like too much of a jump, it's, I might as well just be reading a script from some random screenplay that I've never opened up before. But when it's progressive, it's something that I can slowly but surely start to integrate into my actual belief system. So that's really great. Great. Dr. Joy, uh, three tips to overcome imposter syndrome or complex in the workplace. I mean, you really did touch on it a lot, so don't feel the need to like <laughs> come up with three new ones. Uh, you can just rehash if you want to. Yeah. So one that I haven't mentioned, because I did cover the other two, but one mm-hmm. that I haven't mentioned is that I typically encourage people to keep, keep a list of their wins in their phone. So this could be just a note that you open up in your notepad, right? And that is where you want to put any good good feedback you've gotten from a supervisor or a colleague, but the catch is that you have to give it a great name. So my file's name is you did that. So (laughs) it is the place where when you are feeling like, oh, I don't know if I belong here. I'm not good enough. This, you can just open this note app and you will find a a list of all of the places where you actually have been good enough Mm -hmm. and you have the feedback to, um, to kind of confirm that. So that would be my suggestion. 
Okay. I love that. I love that. Uh, Ladies, thank you so much for this conversation. I'm certainly walking away with new tips and things that I'm excited to apply to my life. If people want to keep up with you, if they want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Dr. Joy? Yeah. So you can find me at my website at hellodrjoy.com and also check out the work that we're doing at therapyforblackgirls.com. And I love her podcast, y'all. So y'all got to go listen to Therapy for Black Girls. Um, Amy, where can they find you? So I basically hang out all over the internet under the handle at the Joy Junkie. Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E. And my little corner of the internet is just thejoyjunkie.com. Lots of freebies over there podcast as well. So yeah, I'd be honored. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to try that mantra maker. I want to I want to give that one a spin. Thank you ladies so much for your time, for your wisdom, for sharing it with our audience. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for the invite. Thanks, Suri. Hi. Happy. Yes. Thank you so much again to Dr. Joy and Amy for such an honest, vulnerable, real discussion about imposter syndrome. I hope you took away some practical takeaways while you're listening. I know I did. Uh, Just remember, girl, we are all dealing with our own versions of it. You know, I feel like if we could all just remove the masks and be honest with one another, which is what our happy mess is all about, we would realize we are so not alone in those feelings. Um, And I love that we're we're creating a space here for us to feel less alone in those feelings. You got this, all right? Uh, Remember, you can hit up our website, hothappymess.com for all of the show notes, the resources, the links, all of the information about and from our experts. So go to hothappymess.com. And if there's one thing that I don't want you to do, lean in. I'm super serious about this, okay? Don't keep us a secret. Don't keep us a secret. Share the love. Share this episode with a friend right now. And leave a super quick review. I already asked you to leave that review at the start of this episode. Now, if you didn't do it, that's not right. But you can, you know, make up for lost time by doing it now. If you want to leave a quick five star, it would be much appreciated. Uh, keep up with us. Follow me on Instagram at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L and at Hot Happy Mess. And I'll see you on the next one Monday. Bye. Bye. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or 
your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 